And welcome to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name is Sean, and we are inching closer and closer to episode 200. I'm so stoked for that episode. Um, I will be joined by Dolores Gibbs. Noob Noob and Z from Our Reviews Will Kill You will join me. But that is then, and this is now. And this is episode 197 of Sensibly Cynical. Today's guest is Kimberly Dawn. She is an amazingly talented singer-songwriter. Her latest single, titled Dear John, was released on July 29th and is available everywhere for streaming. She talks about how she was raised, dives into some of her musical influences, and even talks about how social media has changed society as of late. So, here's my chat with Kimberly Dawn. All right, joining me now, she is an amazingly talented country singer-songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee, Kimberly Dawn. What's going on? Hey, how are you doing today? See what I did there? I rhymed a little bit, you know. You did. <laughs> you did. So it. is this, are you from Canada, LA, Nashville, all of above? Talk about your history, like with music and stuff. All the above, but I was actually born and raised in Canada. So that is really where my roots really come mm-hmm. from, is Canada. Um, I'm from um, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Um, small little farming community, a population of a thousand people called Vauxhall. So um, my parents are still in that little town. Um, actually, they're getting ready to move from that town. They just uh, sold our farm. Oh, wow. Yeah, because... I saw the, um, let me get the quote, saying goodbye to the only house I ever knew. So that is the lyric off your new single, Dear John. So yes. I, I assume that's what you're talking about? Yes. Growing, growing up down there? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, we grew up in this little, very humble upbringing, thousand, fair, thousand square foot little house. There was 10 of us in this little house, one bathroom. And um, it's the only home I ever really knew growing up. I mean, I really literally can say from the time I was born till I was an adult, that's where I lived. Yeah. So how did you uh, how did you get to the States? I um, I knew that I wanted to. So growing up on the farm, I always felt like I was kind of gypped a little. You know, I would, you know, see the magazines and watch TV shows and feel like I deserve to live in the big city. So mm-hmm. I uh, decided I wanted to come to the States and my mom's an American. So um, she was born and raised in Southern California. And um, so I have dual citizenship. So even though I was born mm-hmm. in Canada, I still had my American citizenship. And so I always said from the time I was a little girl, I was going to move to the States and I did. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get to Dear John, which was released on the 29th, right? Yeah. I want to talk about this song, 93. I assume you mean 1993? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I saw that video on uh, YouTube. We got like 35,000 like views. Uh, how did that song come come together? You know what? I wanted to write a nostalgic song. So 
I fell in love with country music when I actually started hearing the 90s country music. And that's really where, um, I mean, I grew up listening to every genre of music you can imagine, even to the point where I listened, I listened to Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. And, mm -hmm. you know, I still listen to a lot of those artists because um, my parents liked them and listened to them. But it wasn't until I really heard that 90s country sound that there was something that kind of like, I don't know, just kind of was like candy to my ears. And I was like, hmm. And so I wanted to write a song just kind of about the 90s, you know, just kind of going back and talking about that and the nostalgia that comes with the 90s when you think about it. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't, I mean, I guess there may, there might've been cell phones, but not really, not like how things are now or social media. I mean, that's the bigger thing. Cause when you think about it, mm -hmm. social media was not really a thing in the 90s. It, it wasn't a thing. I mean, let's just get to the point. Well, it wasn't you know, a thing that, until and late. Pay phones. Yeah. And remember to see like <laughs> a pay phone, you know, like, you know, anyway, I mean, I still think even in my small town, like there's, they still have, there's certain things that they have, they still mm. have. It's just like, you know, so I, I feel like I just wanted to write about that. Like back where things were a little more simple. Back in the day. Now, yeah. why, why 1993? Is there a specific reason for that year? It rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love the, I love the honesty. I love the honesty. The rhyming scheme when we were literally writing that was like, it actually was a great rhyming scheme. So. <laughs> Uh, so how did you get your uh, break? Talk about how your career like really took off. So, you know, I always grew up singing. I sang in church and I always loved music. And um, I had moved out to L.A. and I was doing music and the acting thing. I was doing the whole entertainment thing out in L.A. And I really wanted to do the country thing, but all the producers out here were like, well, you can't do country if you live in LA, you mm. have to be in Nashville. And so I kind of was more doing the pop thing first, you know, right, still writing. I was writing, right. I love writing. Um, and then I would say about five years ago, I kind of said, you know what? I want to do the country thing. I don't care. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> and you know, I'm writing songs as it is. It's like, you can write a song, you can make it whatever you want it to be, you know, mm -hmm. with a song. And to be honest with you, I'm so glad that I jumped into where I really feel at home. Like I really do with country music. It's me and everybody who's heard my pop stuff. And then they're hearing my country stuff. They're like, wow, you really found your niche. And I said, yeah, country's really where I wanted to be. And so you know, I really did jump in and I um, started going to Nashville a lot um, and spending a lot of time there and writing and just really, I mean, Nashville feels very like at home for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it had, even though it's a big city, it's a small town vibe. It's like everybody knows each other. It's, you know, honestly, business is done on a handshake. I say, I say that to people like business can be done on a handshake, you know, mm -hmm. It's just a very um, kind of like how I grew up, simple. And I feel like a lot of the people that have been there a long time, they're still that way. They're very right. simple. Um, they're not caught up in all the other stuff. Yeah. Now, I agree with that. It's, you know, I grew up on country music, too. I'm from a small, uh, small town uh, in Florida. And, you know, we had maybe, I don't know, 2,000 people 
um, if that, and my mom right, was an Illinois Midwestern girl and she grew up, you know, Shania Twain was my favorite, <laughs> but, um, yeah. who were some of your influences like musically? Um, well, I'll tell you when I first actually heard Garth Brooks, mm -hmm. that kind of was like that sound. And I was like, who is this? Like, this is, and you know, he kind of brought that sound. I mean, listen, Dolly Parton has always been a big influence for me. Love Dolly Parton, um, Stevie Nicks, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's so many, um, I love Shania. I mean, she's my Canadian girl, you know, of course <laughs> I love Shania. She's, uh, she's the one that really created that pop, that country pop over, pop, mm -hmm. crossover, I'm saying crossover, pop, yeah. country yeah. pop, you know, that crossover. Um, so I feel like she's done a lot for, you know, country music. Without Shania Twain, there's no Taylor Swift. Like, I, you know I, what I, I mean? Yeah, for sure. You there's know, definitely like, no, there's no Taylor Swift without Shania Twain. Because Shania, she brought that. She, that mm -hmm. was her, she, she introduced that to the world. It was like, mm -hmm. and at first, you know, in the country world, they were like, mm-mm. They didn't want that sound. It wasn't as authentic as they thought it should be for country. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's cool like yeah i i mean listen i grew up listening to like i said so many genres it's so funny i actually put on glenn campbell today mm -hmm. and i was listening to rhinestone cowboy and i was just like you know for some reason that song i just i was like you know i want to hear that i want to listen to that song i've never really listened to the all the lyrics to it and mm -hmm. i wanted to really listen to the lyrics um such a great song and lyrically written and melodically and it's just such an amazing song so anyway that's a little song what's what's your thoughts on taylor swift do you did you follow her crossover i think taylor swift is so talented and yes i've i've loved her from her beginning stages you know when she was doing just kind of the country, but she always had a little bit of pop element to her stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think she's so talented. Look at how she has like tra transitioned over. Yeah, you know? she still <laughs> yeah. goes back and forth, but she's right. still goes back and forth in that. Um, and I just think she is a phenomenal songwriter. Um, every everything about Taylor Swift, and I, she deserves the success and the accolades that she gets because I think she really is talented. Yeah, she she did a lot of relationship songs, but that's a lot of music. It's personal experiences and, you know, it is. And, and when you write and when you put music out there, you want for the listener to feel like they can relate to the song. Mm -hmm. So whenever so even though she was writing about relationships, it was what she was going through. Other people have gone through that. And I think that's why songs are so um what's the word i'm trying to say um, relatable yeah and and not only that and it's also like one person may say oh i hate that song mm -hmm. and another person's like oh that's my favorite song it's so amazing so it, it you know it just depends on you know who's listening but when you have a majority of the audience everyone in the world has had a relationship and go bad at some point mm. and so she was able to really carry that on for quite some time yeah she'd change it up each song was a little different about something you know that's a great songwriter how many heartbreak <laughs> songs have been written 
Million. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably more than a million. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There's been so many. <laughs> it's if you can take another twist on it and write it mm. your way. And hopefully, those that are listening to it, it resonates with them. Yeah. Um, let's move on to, let's talk about uh, Dear John. So those um, listening, hopefully, have streamed it already. And mm. I assume the pun of the song is the mower, right? John Deere. <laughs> The tractor or the yeah the tractor john deere yeah so talk about the creation process of the song so with this song um i recently had found out that my uh parents had sold the farm so this was a little over mm -hmm. a year ago um and i was kind of like oh my gosh and it kind of was right as i was getting ready to go into this writing session and we were just talking and that was one of the things i kind of brought up you know, because I grew up on the farm, I drove the tractor, I was out in the fields. Um, for those of you know, in your audience that understand how it works with farmers, we have irrigation pipes, and those pipes mm -hmm. are what, you know, water our fields and the crops. And so I used to go out in the fields, and I would move literally these steel irrigation pipes, um, stand there, while they would roll down the middle of the field so that they mm -hmm. so they could water the crops um and i would also help my dad during you know um harvest time driving mm -hmm. the tractor swathing the the fields the wheat fields um so it's really like for me to talk about john deere tractor i really can tell you i drove tractor i worked in the fields and um i did it all so what's the meaning behind the song? Like, what do you want the listener to take away from it? I want them, I, I feel like this song, I wanted it to be like, we all came from somewhere. We were all raised somewhere. And those roots are what shape us to who we are today. And that really was the premise of the song is to really kind of say like, wherever you came from, you're the person you are today from where you were raised. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the premise of the song. That's what I want people. And I want people when they hear it, they it brings them back to where they grew up and where they were raised. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you what do you got planned moving forward? Do you have things in the in the works EP or what do you got coming up? Yep, I'm in the studio. I've been recording. I'm I'm still recording more music. I'm writing um, because that's a process too. You want to keep putting out the best song so in order to do that you need to keep writing so i'm writing recording um hopefully going to be playing some shows soon um i'm planning on playing the bluebird actually at the end of august um that i'm excited about um yeah so just kind of you know like i said working on new music like i said you know yeah. right now just kind of riding this wave with uh dear john and um you know, getting a lot of good feedback with it, which I'm happy about. I feel like people, it's resonating with people. And that always makes mm. me happy is when someone feels good when they hear a song. Because I always say music is a, is healing. And I said, music could, you know, uh, fix wars. If we all, if we all communicated in song, mm -hmm. there would be no, there'd be no wars, there'd be nothing. It would be, music's very healing. So if people, if this, song makes people feel happy and good then then I did what I wanted to do with the song mm -hmm. hey do you mind if I clip that and put that on Instagram 
what you just said there? No, you can. Because I, I feel like they, I feel like that message you sent, uh, people need to hear that. I literally say it all the time that people will hear me say that because I'm like, music is healing. I'm like, if we, if we literally, if we communicated in song, there would be no wars. I mean, because how can you be yelling and getting mad at someone when you're, when you're singing and communicating? (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, Do you perform live uh, locally in Nashville? Is that where you're currently at? Right? Yes, I I do. um, I do sometimes perform live. Um, I'm, you know, lately it's been, I've been really more focused on, um, like I said, I've been writing a lot and I've been in the studio a lot. Um, but trying to get more shows and really kind of getting out there. So Mm -hmm. do you got any, uh, do you got any good stories from when you first started? Anything funny you can share or any stories? Um, oh gosh. In the music industry? Just pick a random one. It doesn't got to be anything major. So I remember, um, there's a group called Wilson Phillips and I remember, um, hearing one of their songs and I thought they were great. I, I loved Wilson Phillips. I thought they were great. Um, fast forward, I ended up opening for them in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, actually. And that was like just a very cool kind of surreal thing to happen. And I always tell people, you never know how powerful your mind is when you actually really like think about those things about, you know, things that you want for your life or, you know, your aspirations. I truly do believe in like, man, you can manifest those things into your life. So it was kind of like one of those things like, wow, I'm, I'm actually opening up for Wilson Phillips. <laughs> That's awesome. Were you nervous? I was, I was, um, <laughs> no, but it was, it was actually a great show. Was, and I met him after and they were great and they were very complimentary and, um, it was very cool, you know, just, uh, you know, obviously they've been in the business a long time and, um, you know, so it was, very, it was, it was a very magical moment, I'd say. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Kimberly, thank you for being on the podcast today. Um, once again, uh, you can go ahead and promote the, your newest single. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, uh, my latest single, Dear John, you guys can stream it on Spotify, Apple, any streaming site. And um, please follow me on all my socials. I'm on Instagram at Official Kimberly Dawn. I'm Facebook, Twitter, all of that good Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm even on TikTok, by the way. Oh, TikTok. (laughs) Oh, um, talk about how uh, social media has changed the business in your eyes. Oh, I mean, listen, I've had a love hate relationship with social media because Mm -hmm. I feel like it can be very draining. Yeah. Um, But I also see the positive effect that it can have on people, especially when you are vulnerable and you're sharing what's going on in your life, because I feel like social media sometimes not as much anymore. I feel like people are being a little more, you know, transparent about life like everything isn't perfect because nobody has a perfect life um yeah i just think people are mean and they can be mean and it's a it's a way for them it's a way for them to it's like if if their life sucks they can make other people's lives suck too and they they use twitter they use twitter and pardon my language they use twitter and shit to (laughs) you know 
Yeah, no, I've, and I've had to learn that because um, I'm very sensitive and I would never do something to intentionally ever hurt anybody. And when mm. people will say hurtful things, I've also had to learn that, you know what, they're not happy. They're just wanting to make you unhappy. And so I just, I'm all about putting out love and kindness and that and supporting everyone. And, and that's what I do. And so I feel like social media has been a good place for me to be able to do that. And I really try to be that positive force in the world, you know, just positivity. Um, you know, but like I said, it, it can wear on you. And I feel like there's always like the newest thing to jump into. You know, Instagram keeps changing the way that they're doing things. But now they've realized they have a lot of disgruntled people. And I think they're trying to go back to the way they were before instead of trying to be TikTok. Yeah. So TikTok I was thinking that the algorithm like is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, but yes, I feel like there's there's a lot of good that can come out of social media mm -hmm. if people want to put out the good. All right you know we'll end on that note awesome kimberly thank you again thank you and uh have a good night you too thanks for having me everybody. yeah no problem no problem have a good one you too bye-bye bye there you go everybody kimberly dawn her new single titled dear john is once again available everywhere spotify apple the whole nine um thank you for always supporting sensibly cynical I really, really appreciate it. I'm going to promote the heck out of episode 200, which is coming up in a few weeks, I believe, you know, have 198 and 199 lined up. And uh, so the uh, promotional tour will begin soon. And trust me, you will not want to miss episode 200. Check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly. Instagram, Sensibly Cynical Pod, and you can check out our Facebook page, TikTok, Sensibly Cynical, um, YouTube. I'm trying to build YouTube. So go to YouTube.com, type in Sensibly Cynical, and voila, I have um, audio versions of episodes, the video of my chat with Kate Watson, and much more. That's it. Please stay safe and take care.